Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral land of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Ojibwe, Nakota Sioux, and others for time immemorial. I also would like to acknowledge that this land is home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, and that I'm a settler on this land. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist. I use they-them pronouns and have been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. I break this podcast up into four parts. Novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. In this episode, I interview Laugh Yoga instructor Kathy Nesbitt. And before we get started, I wanted to shout out my listeners in Baltimore, which has now surpassed my city, Edmonton, as the city with most listeners. Hats off to you, you're the realist. Okay, let's get started. First up, novels. My novel, Red 72 Revelation, is available for Kindle pre-order. This finale to my Red 72 series is set four years after the second Red War that took place in the previous book, Red 72 Exodus. Now struggling with PTSD from her time as a soldier in the war, journalist Candace Carroll demands answers to her questions about the biochemical weapon Red 72, questions that others are afraid to ask. These questions take her to the Philippines, where the first Red War began and put her in danger once again. Red 72 Revelation comes out June 21st in paperback and ebook. My New Year's resolution was to read one book from the Texas Banned Books list each week. This week I read What Riley Wore by Alana K. Arnold. It's a picture book about a week in the life of a preschooler who has complete wardrobe autonomy and makes choices that would probably be considered inappropriate by proper adults. The cover features the titular Riley in sunglasses, shirtless, and holding a toy dinosaur. As the illustration is only from the waist up, my son gleefully proclaimed, She's streaking! I think this book ended up on the banned list for two reasons, and the streaking thing is one of them. The book goes through the week day by day. On Monday, Riley wore this. On Tuesday, Riley wore that. And Riley does indeed spend part of Sunday wearing nothing at all. There's no graphic illustration of a naked child. And anyone who's been around preschoolers for a prolonged period should be aware that streaking does happen. It's not even an uncommon trope in picture books. Little kids take their clothes off in the most awkward scenarios for their adults. And in retrospect, it's hilarious. Which is a very simplified version of Patrick the Stripping Warrior by Nathan Hanks, which I purchased from a Christian bookstore for the record. I think the second and bigger reason why what Riley wore landed on Matt Krause's naughty list is because when Riley goes to the park and another kid asks, are you a boy or a girl? Riley answers, I'm a firefighter, dancer, monster hunter, pilot, dinosaur. And this is also a totally normal thing that preschoolers do. When my son was in preschool, he went through a phase where he would only go out wearing a T-Rex costume and cowboy boots. And if anyone tried to talk to him, he would do a dinosaur roar. And everyone thought it was adorable. 
This book reminds me of the Tumblr post from Idiopathic Smile. Parenting tip. If you want to avoid the world's aggressive gendering of your infant, consider skipping the pink dresses or blue coveralls in favor of dressing your baby solely in tiny Halloween costumes. Strangers on the sidewalk. Aw, is it a boy or a girl? You. Uh, it's pretty clearly a dinosaur. Clothes have no gender. Let kids be kids. What Riley Wore by Alana K. Arnold is adorable and hilarious. In novel news, the state of Maryland passed a law that came into effect on January 1st, stating that publishers who offer ebooks for sale to the public must also offer them on, quote, reasonable terms to public libraries. It also banned embargo periods, where ebooks are available to the public but not to libraries. The American Association of Publishers is suing to try to get the law overturned, but I think this is great. My son and I checked out so many more ebooks from the library since the pandemic started than we used to because we've been doing our part to stay home but still want to read great books. The AAP is suing on the grounds that this law violates copyright laws. I don't see how because every ebook I've checked out from the library clearly stated who the author and publisher was. Maryland's Attorney General also disagrees and insists that the law is about unfair trade practices. I can totally get on board with that. To enroll my books in Kindle Unlimited, I have to sign a short-term exclusivity agreement with Amazon, which I think is bogus. It hurts authors and it hurts readers. I'm going to keep an eye on this case and I'll keep you all updated on how it turns out. The National Book Critics Circle announced its list of award finalists in a virtual ceremony on January 20th. The awards are given in six categories, autobiography, biography, criticism, fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. The winners will be announced in a virtual ceremony on March 17th, which is free and open to the public. Here is the list of finalists. In the autobiography category, A Little Devil in America, Notes in Praise of Black Performance by Hanif Abdurraqib, Gay Bar, Why We Went Out by Jeremy Atherton Lynn, A Farewell to Gabo and Mercedes, A Son's Memoir by Rodrigo Garcia, A Ghost in the Throat by Dorian Ni Goriofa, and Conception, An Immigrant Family's Fortunes by Albert Samaha. In the biography category, Clairvoyant of the Small, The Life of Robert Walser by Susan Bernofsky. Until I Am Free, Fannie Lou Hamer's Enduring by Keisha N. Blaine. All the Frequent Troubles of Our Days, The True Story of the American Woman at the Heart of the German Resistance to Hitler by Rebecca Donner. Mike Nichols, A Life by Mark Harris. And Fierce Poise, Helen Frankenthaler and the 1950s New York by Alexander Nemirov. In the criticism category, Girlhood by Melissa Febos, Why Didn't You Do What You Were Told by Jenny Diskey, Who Will Pay Reparations on My Soul by Jesse McCarthy, Everything and Less, The Novel in the Age of Amazon by Mark McGurl, and The Right to Sex by Amia Srinivasan. In the fiction category, The Netanyahu's by Joshua Cohen, Second Place by Rachel Cusk, Burnt Coat by Sarah Hall, The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois by Honoré Fanon Jeffers, and Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. In the nonfiction category, Empire of Pain, The Secret History of Sackler Dynasty by Patrick Radden Keefe, The Family Row, An American Story by Joshua Prager, The Least of Us, True Tales of America and Hope in the Time of Fentanyl and Meth by Sam Quinones, how the World is Past by Clint Smith, and Orwell's Roses by Rebecca Solnit. In the poetry category, Sieve by B.K. Fisher, 
The Renunciations by Donica Kelly, Cultish by Rajiv Mobir, The Reinhardt Frames by Cheshwayo Mufanza, and Frank Sonnets by Diane Seuss. Now on to comics. It's been a rough week in the Possum community. Chris Irvin, also known as Crisis1986 on Twitter and Instagram, was found unresponsive in their vehicle on the 19th, and today their family made the unthinkably impossible decision to remove them from life support. My two most recent comics, Possum Fam and Rest in Possums, are dedicated to Chris. You can see both of those on my comics Instagram, at World of Possums, and on my comics Facebook page, um, Possum Pete Comics. And the full version of Rest in Possums is available on my Patreon, patreon.com slash possumpeat. Chris, we will all miss you so much. And now for my interview with Kathy Nesbitt. Hi, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining me. Please tell the listeners a little about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. So I'm in um, Bradford, just north of Toronto, in Ontario. And... Oh, how did I get here? Oh my gosh, it's a big, a big question. <laughs> but in short, my la- my um, my working title is Kathy Crawley, Laughing Bean Queen. Simple solutions for today's challenges. Boom. <laughs> so you love to laugh and uh, crawling in worms. Um, I've saw, seen on your Facebook page lots of talk about food security, very important things. Let's start with the worms. A lot of people see worms and go, ew, yuck, obviously not you. How did you kind of get started with worms? I did think, ooh yuck at the beginning. So stay tuned if you're listening and think, ooh yuck. <laughs> um, yeah, I did think that. But as an avid gardener and composter, I knew the value of the worms. And in 2002, our landfill closed and we started exporting our garbage to the U.S., Um, And I had a solution. This is indoor composting with worms. (laughs) People don't always buy what they need. They buy what they want. So it's been it's been quite a journey. And I believe to be a worm advocate was why I was put on Earth. I love that. Yeah. We've recently transitioned uh, how we deal with garbage here in Edmonton from doing bins every week to now they're basically forcing everyone to compost. And a lot of people are not on board with it very upset about it but yeah we've got a lovely compost bin in our kitchen and I would say probably 70% of what we are exporting out of our home is now compost but it's yeah it's it's quite quite different than how I think most people in North America live this compost idea how do you kind of get people on board with that um, yeah, it's a really a process, you know, during this time that we're in, um, business has increased because people were at the beginning of, you know, at the beginning, at the beginning of time, <laughs> um, <laughs> they, you know, the schools were closed down and people were looking for, you know, a little project for the kids. Won't this be fun? We'll get a worm bit. And then as time went on, um, you know, in Canada, we import about 60% of our food. So as you know, so 60% is a lot when our border is closed, it's a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think people as we went on in time, people started to realize, man, I better think about maybe growing something like even some herbs or, you know, a tomato plant or a lettuce plant, something. 
grow something. And it's a great lesson for the kids. So you're starting, uh, you know, when you want to grow a, gar- a garden or even a plant, you need soil. And worms are the soil makers. For sure. And they make such rich soil. It's not this, like, topsoil that's been all dried out and used up by just years and years of grass. It's it's really rich, good dirt. It's full of nutrients. So, yeah, I love that. And it, it really is kind of a big problem now where store shelves are increasingly bare. You know, at the beginning of COVID, it was like panic buying that was causing it. But now it's supply chain disruption because with the borders being closed for so long with importing and everything just being stuck in ports, not being able to get in, you go to the store and like half the store, there's nothing there. It's it's a problem for people that are trying to rely on that for food. Do you think you can grow food in any space? What about people that are in like tiny basement apartments, things like that? What can they do? Yeah, that's where the uh, bean queen part of my title comes in. I'm trying to think, what's the sprouting part? <laughs> so, yeah, so it, so I do um, have a sprout growing branch of what I do. So you can grow, so sprouting is simply um, taking a bean or a seed and adding water or putting it in soil so it comes to life. In, when it's in seed, dry bean or seed form, it's dormant, it's sleeping, waiting to come to life. So as soon as we put it in soil or put it in water, boom, it starts, you know, it starts waking up. And then that's, you know, when the, uh, when the seed of the bean cracks open and, and the, the root starts growing, that's when it's most nutrient rich. I have heard quite a lot of, uh, of sprouts, uh, like little microgreen farmers have popped up at the farmer's markets lately. It's, it's encouraging to see that so many people have gotten into this, not just as a hobby or for themselves, but also as a business to bring it to other people. It's, it's great to see in the local community. Any advice for people that are just starting out for kind of what kind of setup they're going to need? Yeah, so sprout growing can be done in jars or paper towel, or, and there are all kinds of systems. I do happen to have a system, of course. <laughs> um, but, you know, the idea of sprouting is um, you need water, and it's done hydroponically. You want to keep it clean. You want to make sure that no no bacteria grows, no bad bacteria. I, I, I'm advocating for people to eat sprouts every day and to eat them raw. So if you're eating raw sprouts, you don't want any, you know, contamination on your delicious food. Sprouts contain um, fiber, protein, minerals, everything our body needs. They're hydrating. You know, however you grow them, like, so yes, we can buy them, but if they grow so fast, we need to be aware that if we're buying them at the store, how long have they been sitting there? How did they grow? And have they had any chemicals applied to keep them fresh? What are some of your favorite ways to eat sprouts? Uh Well, I start my day with two tablespoons of sprouted mung beans raw. Um, Mung beans are, you know, the bean sprouts in Chinese food. Those are those are mung beans. And so we're growing them a different way. We're just starting like they just start to germinate. We're not growing them into the, you know, the white tubey part. (laughs) Um, So I start my day with two tablespoons of those. I, I consider that the mung beans my um, my health plan. I've eaten them for 20 years now. First thing in the morning, and that's for the enzymes. 
what the digestive enzymes do is they help process the rest of the food and beverages and whatever else that we take in. The enzymes help our body, you know, like boom, 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 putting them where the put them putting the nutrients and the whatever the stuff from the food where it needs to go in our body. Excellent. I love sprouts on sandwiches. So I, mm. I think that's so tasty. It adds that crunch and the greenness and you've got a great laugh that, you know, brings in the, the laughter part of your title. How do you incorporate laughter into your life? Laughter, laughter came to me. So the worms came first, the worms and the sprouts kind of came first. I didn't start selling the sprouter until 20, 2012, um, but I was a user um, but it was around 2012 that one more person said, ooh, worms in the house. And I was like, I, it just kind of hit me. Oh, man, how am I ever going to put worms in every living space if people are still saying, ooh, because if you're saying, ooh, you're not listening. You're not hearing the message. I don't care if people do this or they don't do it. Honestly, I just want people to know about it so they can make a choice and decide, ah, I live in an apartment I don't have space to outdoor outdo outdoor composting. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to decide not to do this. That's okay. But if you know that you can do it, maybe you might. And, you know, just on the heels of, of the COP26 um, conference about climate change, managing our food waste is one of the ways that we can all help to, to mitigate climate change because we all create food waste. We all eat. So 2012, you know, one more person, I was like, oh my gosh, this is too hard. <laughs> Thank goodness I have all this energy, sprouts. <laughs> and I was introduced to laughter yoga. And you know, um, Sierra, I don't even do uh, regular yoga, but I love laughing. So I was like, laughter yoga, what? That sounds like something I could do. And then uh, twice in one week, I happened to be introduced. So I loved it so much. I was like, I need to do this. I got trained as a leader. I love that so much that I then decided I want to train other people. So now I'm a laughter teacher. Yeah. It really helped me stay in my, in my worm business because I've become more resilient. I understand what I'm doing is really important, but if people are afraid, they're not hearing. So now I get them laughing first. <laughs> and then I tell them to the, about the worms. I'm like, ah, laughing. Oh, you like me, eh? And then, and then I can introduce um, the worm compost rather than coming at it like, oh, I have worms. And people are like, la, 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 la. No, thanks. And they, they're just not even hearing. Now, you know, I, yeah. And the laughter. So, so laughter yoga is not about fancy pants or poses. It's intentional laughter exercises. We just decide that we're going to laugh. And so in a laughter class, what happens is um, it's, a, it's a cardiovascular workout, you know, and we all know that if we've ever had a good belly laugh and we're like, oh, stop, oh, my, my stomach, oh, ha, ha, and I, oh, my cheeks, those are the laughter muscles, right? But you don't hurt the next day. It's not like when you go to the gym and then you're like, ugh, you're hurting for a week. <laughs> this is super fun. And there's so many benefits. We're secreting the love drugs dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins versus cortisol when we're stressed. Um, laughter is the best medicine. We've heard it before. It's the truth. We're in charge of our own pharma when we're laughing. That sounds fascinating. I'm definitely going to have to learn more about that. Maybe if I make it out to Ontario, I can come to one of your laughter classes. Oh, they're online. You can come. Oh, even better. Yeah. Every Where Tuesday. can people find them? 
Yeah, please. Um, it's Tuesday morning. Um, I'm not sure, maybe a little early for you, depending if you're an early riser. It's um, 9.30 Eastern. Um, free, 30 minutes, free self-care, super fun self-care on Zoom. Um, Kathy'sClub.com is, is how you find me. And you just sign up, get the link. And um, I have people from around the world, men, women, young, old. Um, I have couples come. I'm working with special needs group. I have some some folks that have some challenges come to my club. Um, it's not talking. There's no jokes or comedy, although I'm funny. <laughs> you know, it's really just intentional laughter exercises. And as a laughter teacher, I have incorporated um, brain gym, tapping. All, laughter goes with everything. So I've incorporated all kinds of healing modalities. That is just yeah it's something I've got to experience so next time I'm not working on a Tuesday um I will be there yeah that sounds you're so welcome anytime fascinating it's been so great chatting with you and learning more about what you do uh other than the website you mentioned Kathy's Club where can people connect with you online yeah um for my worm website it's kathyscomposters.com and you can find all of my offerings you can get to my sprouts to my Whoops, to my laughter, all of my offerings will be there. Excellent. Well, thank you again for joining me and uh, take care. Thank you so much. That's all for this episode. I'll be back next week with an interview with Carly Heath, author of The Rexless Kind. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. Thank you to Legion X for my intro and outro music. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot on Twitter at Sierra Barefoot, and on TikTok at Sierra is Barefoot. All of my books are available on Amazon and my website, sierrathebarefootgirl.com. My Patreon is patreon.com slash Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.